Alright, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk about famine and starvation. So, that's a sexy topic if I ever heard one. Um, you know, skinny chicks walking around, you know, like Kate Moss and all that stuff, you know, <laughs> back in the day, all heroin chic, right? Um, right, that was the, not- the shit, man. That's not exactly what we were thinking or had in mind, but you know, you're kind of seeing the, the side effects. Um, a lot of you guys are probably too young to remember the Sally Struthers commercials and whatever with all the Ethiopia kids. Oh, and yeah. Uh, and they uh, all had that the was, that was so terrible. And, uh, yeah. Those were so terrible because Sally it was Struthers just Suzanne Summers. I don't know. One of the girls. I don't know. Uh, Some blonde. Yeah. Kid. I remember that. That was uh it was, it was so disgusting. Cause you would see all these like kids around her that were like clearly starving to death, clearly dying. And she just got yeah. fatter and fatter in those commercials. <laughs> like she was eating all their fucking food that you were sending out there. That 98 cents a day to save those kids. It was all going in her, her ass, you know, just making her fat. <laughs> No, I like the uh, like buy a village a goat uh-huh. option. I don't know. I think that's that's more the way to go. Or dig them a well. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, having that's one of the things is people. You know, when you think of the siege or you know things where where you're denied access, and that that's kind of what we were thinking about as a prepper is. You know, we also have these examples of like David Koresh and his crazy compound and they like shut it down, but you know, they had their stockpiles or, you know, there's been different like sieges where they go on for days and they don't come out because they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, we got food. We're good. Um, it's been hunger strikes throughout history and obviously famines. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I mean, sometimes the weather just turns to, you know, crap and you have a drought for forever and the world turns ugly. But all that, uh, the big thing, you always need water. Uh, without water, it shuts down your whole uh, thing right away. You know, everything falls apart without access to water. Uh, you know, that's why we've stressed so much in this podcast, you know, throughout the years of, you know, you got to have a good clean water supply and you got to think about this stuff beforehand because there, there are solutions available that can be, you know, super easy. I mean, even having, you know, rigging up something to crack open somebody's well cap and, and you know, lower down a, uh, a weighted bucket to fill it up with water and bring it up just to get the stuff out of the ground clean mm-hmm. is going to be, you know, a game changer as opposed to not thinking ahead. You know, do a little YouTube research and kind of come up with a plan. There's some PVC contraptions to you know, lower down and basically with a check valve that you can drop into a a skinny well cylinder, a well pipe and pull up clean water. Uh, There's a lot of different things out there. And we've obviously talked about a hundred ways to filter stuff and whatever, Mm -hmm. but I just, I can never stress that enough that water is key. One of the important things that I I did, you know, when I was looking into the, the starvation thing, you know, you can die from eight to 40 days is basically typically what they, what they believe. It's a big window. Yeah. Right. But the longer, the more, you know, if you, if you're able to drink one and a half liters of, of water a day, that can extend the, the time period you can go without food. So if you're without food, drinking a lot of water is, is going to be a big benefit. 
going to help, you know, help, help everything move and function properly in your body until you can find some food. Okay. So that's, yeah. If you're, you're considering the long-term religious fast waiting to hear from God because you don't like the ways the world's turned out, drink a a glass of water every couple hours, you know, Hey, keep things moving. Um, yeah, there's a a lot of, uh, kind of ugly side effects that, you know, go in. Now, the way they came up with a lot of the, the timelines is kind of people like, well, experimenting for, on behalf of the uh, government, right? Mm-hmm. They're, uh, they're willing to, uh, you know, have a food hunger strike or they do it for their religion or, you know, all kinds of different stuff. Um, one of the things, the British Medical Journal talks about, uh, the modern day hunger strike, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they talk about, uh, them lasting anywhere from 21 to 40 days. And then, you know, it becomes life threatening where people's, you know, organs are shutting down, um, the body, you know, they say your, your body mask index, uh, Kevin had, had kind of brought this up to me when we were discussing it earlier is for a guy, it sh- the minimum, you know, when you're at starvation and, and death is around 13% for a guy and about 11 for, uh, for a woman. So like he said, you know, it really depends where you're starting at when you go into, you know, a starvation kind of uh, mode with your body. You got to realize that, you know, it's going to be different. I always watch uh, they had that, that show Survivor. And when it first came out, you would see these people go out to the island and you'd have all these people who are like personal trainers and, and fit and whatever. And after like two or three days, like they're walking around, falling down and, oh, I can't stand up anymore and, and look at me. And, mm-hmm. and they were like devastated immediately. Whereas right. you see the guy who's, you know, kind of heavy and whatever. And he's like, yeah, I'm good. Let's do this. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're moving around with nothing. And you saw them go for weeks longer, you know. And obviously, these people weren't on complete starvation diets, but they were on dramatically reduced calorie. You know, they were eating whatever they could find or figure out. And right, I never could understand how they knew in advance what kind of climate and where they were going to. And I don't know how the show progressed over the years, you know, if they knew in advance all the time. But I know in the beginning, they knew, you know, hey, you're going to an island here. Like, I feel like you could do some research of, hey, what, what kind of native plants, what kind of animals? But also, I think people assume, hey, I'm going to be down for just living off grasshoppers or something. And they think, hey, I'll catch enough quantity of that. To, right, you know. right. I mean, if you're getting that, ready that, to go on Survivor, I feel like you should be eating cheesecake and uh, fried bologna sandwiches nonstop. Broke up you know, a little bit. Going up. Yeah. yeah. Now, one of the things like we know is as uh modern Americans or, you know, wherever you're listening to this podcast, I know we actually have people in Brazil. We have people in Puerto Rico. Yeah. We'll, we'll count that as America, but you know, we both know the truth, but uh, <laughs> there's, there's people in uh, Australia and England and, and, you know, all different places. And uh, they, uh, you know, we know if we go like, I don't know, 
10 hours, 15 hours, we start to get, what is it, hangry? No. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, I've you see those commercials with, that. with the, Sn- the Snickers bar <laughs> and, and, you know, they're just angry. And and that that's a real thing, right? I mean, mm-hmm. definitely you feel the the agitated effects. I know whenever I try and lose weight, my wife uh, gets on me and is like, wow, you're just mean and miserable and nobody wants to be around you. And, and I'm <laughs> like, that's all the time, you know? Kevin yeah. will back me up on that. Yeah. He knows it's all the time. Mm-hmm. Chuck's kind of an asshole all the time. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't matter whether he's eating or not. I don't need to be dieting to you know to to fall into that category. But you know, hey, to each his own, right? Um, but bottom line, as you go further and further, and you get closer to that 14 percent, somewhere, I mean, typically it's it's around that ten to fourteen day mark. Your organs actually start to, you know, shut down and and whatever. And like I said, it obviously can be, you know, closer to the forty days for some people. But typically, you can expect around ten to fourteen days to start to feel some dramatic effects. Right. Um, they're going to be like faintness, uh, you know, where you just feel weak, that dizziness, and that's like I was saying on Survivor. I mean, some of these people were like three days. And they're, you know, blood pressure drops, slower heart rate, hypotension, um, weakness, dehydration, thyroid malfunction, abdominal pain, low potassium. I don't know how low potassium is a symptom, but I mean, it is a symptom that they can check, but you know what I mean? It's not something you're going to notice. Body temperature fluctuation, post-traumatic stress. Uh, and then heart attack and organ failure, you know, it, it just comes down. Um, but you know, the, uh, the human body is still fairly resilient. I mean, you can get, you know, like I said, 10 to 14 days to me is kind of dramatic mm-hmm. to me. That's a long time. Yeah. Now, typically they, we talk about, you know, we talk about starvation in the sense that, you know, you're eating a healthy diet one day and then the next day you have no more food and that's not really how it goes generally speaking in starvation periods you just have less and less food as you go you know those shows like survivor and stuff like that that's a drastic you know shift for them where they can eat three healthy meals a day down uh you know eating grasshoppers or whatever the fuck they're eating but most of the time in these sorts of situations you start off with just a incremental changes of the amount of food you're getting day to day um you know, and, and small amounts of food during that, that period can really stretch out the amount of time you can last. But, um, you know, without food at all, you know, you really have a limited, limited amount of time. And, you know, when you're eating small amounts of food and, and trying to stretch things, you know, cutting the rations in half and, and trying to make it a little bit longer, you know, you can really stretch that out. But you're going to start feeling these symptoms pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, you might not be dead in, in 30 days or 40 days from starvation, but, uh, you know, you're going to start having the symptoms you're talking about, dizziness, faintness, um, you know, and then and then leading up eventually to kidney kidneys shutting down, heart failure and things like that. Right. Well, one of the things I think a lot of people in the, the prepper world kind of dismiss it as, you know, they're like, all right, well, food storage is expensive. You know, I look at the two month supply or six month supply, whatever from one of these pre-bought companies. And, you know, excuse me, they're looking at like 
2000 calories or sorry, a day or less. And it being, you know, like five grand, right. Or big money. And, and right away they're like, Oh, well, you know, I got an extra 20 pounds. That'll be a good time for me to diet, you know, cause I'll want to get in shape to be ready for the apocalypse. Well, I hate to say it, but that's kind of a bad attitude. I mean, the, the losing weight. Yeah. Win. Good but you're not realizing how many extra calories you're going to start exerting when you're trying to prepare your life for a new world. You know, when you're trying to establish a garden, when you're trying to, you know, go out scavenging or hunting or, you know, security or being up, you know, doing some kind of watch, all these physical activities that are outside your norm are going to actually require more calories and more, you know, you're going to, start to have, you know, dramatic effects sooner than expected as opposed to the other way. So you really need to plan according. And I thought, you know, that's like why it's a good time to, you know, take a break and Hey, let's, let's kind of look into what really happens and what we're dealing with. And, you know, the body shutting down and, and loss of function, you know, all those symptoms, that's pretty horrible. Um, Mm -hmm. It's horrible because, that's when you need it. That's when you need to be out, you know, traveling to your safe location or, you know, setting up a secure perimeter or, you know, and and the guys who are willing to, you know, knock into the house next door and take all their food, they're going to have supplies a little bit longer than, you know, your law abiding citizen, presuming they're not stockpiling and, and storing up food, you know, for long term. So it's just something to be aware of. Um, some of the things that people resort to, it's amazing how desperate we get, um, you know, as as you get hungrier and hungrier. You know, all of a sudden eating grasshoppers doesn't sound so bad, you know, or maybe you get to eating like earthworms or, you know, I, I don't know. They always talk about like people eating like shoe leather, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, right. boiling, boiling that shoes. Up, you know, that kind of thing. Yep kind of crazy stuff. Now, if you got rubber sole shoes, that's, that's not going to be the thing for you. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to make sure they're actually leather, you know, the, the faux leather shoe is not going to taste as good as you might think. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Hey, to each his own. And then, you know, you, people even resort to, you know, cannibalism. Uh, we'll kind of touch on that later. But so Kevin, like throughout history, you got some examples of, uh, you know, when people have been put into this kind of situation, yeah, not well, I cannibalism, mean, it, but uh, starving. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I mean, obviously throughout history, there's been famines and, you know, wars that cause famines. Um, most of the significant like starvation things that, that you see in throughout history are, are uh, sieges, you know, when, when, uh, yeah. you know, a city would be surrounded, they can't get any food or water in. And, uh, you know, they just have to, they just have to survive. And a lot of the time those sieges would end and the, the, you know, heads of the town would come out, you know, to surrender and they'd come out and they'd look, you know, just look like skeletons. They'd just, you know, be barely able to move, barely able to function. They held that as long as they could, but you know, it's either they die of starvation or they die of, you know, invaders. So, right. You know, that throughout history, there's been a lot of periods of time where, where massive amounts of people would s- starve to death. Uh, it's not a new thing, and it's not something that's never going to happen again. Um, you know, one I, I wanted to talk about was, was Stalingrad. Now, that was a, 
that siege was basically, it was 872 days, you know, two and a half years. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, July 2nd, 1941, uh, that's when the, the Nazis invaded Russia and they encircled Leningrad on September 8th. Um, by December 1st, they had cut off all the supply routes. So there was no food coming in and out. One of the primary things they did was bomb hospitals, bomb schools, and bomb any kind of warehouse they could find, destroying any kind of food stores in there. The idea was <clears throat> the idea was that uh, they were going to starve them out. You know, it wasn't necessarily going in there, you know, because urban combat is is dangerous for everybody involved. You know, whether you have a larger force or a smaller force, you know, there's snipers, there's, you know, all sorts of stuff happens bad. So the best bet for them, for the Nazis to win that war, was to really starve, start starving people out. Now, eventually, uh, that winter, there's a there's a lake there, Lake Lagoda, that froze, and uh, you know people were able to travel ac- across the lake and escape, but they weren't okay. really able to smuggle food back in. What also happened though was that the pipes all froze. That mean meant there is no running water. So they said people were walking around with buckets just aimlessly around the city during that during that period, just looking to uh, looking to fill it up somewhere. They couldn't get it anywhere. You know, they were going out on the lake and, and drilling holes in the ice, you know, while people were shooting at them just to get, you know, wow. just to get some water for them, for their kids. And, uh, you know, was, that was a really nat- nasty time period. Um, so. The Nazis were enacting a starvation policy. That's basically, you know, what their plan was there. And uh, they were down to about 125 grams of bread a day. Now, 125 grams, that's about about a quarter quarter pound. So imagine uh, getting a quarter pound cheeseburger, right, from uh, McDonald's. Take off the bread, take off the cheese, take the patty out, and that's your bread for the day. But that bread was 50 to 60% sawdust. There was no nutritional value there. It might fill your belly. Oh, well, you had fiber. You, you keep starving. things moving. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So the people, you know, people there were really literally starving to death. They were eating, you know, rats. They were eating anything that could be possibly be construed as food. You know, there are a lot of children in that city that weren't able to, to escape. And uh, there's actually a nursery rhyme that that originated in Stalingrad, and it's okay. in Russia. I'm going to read it to you in English, so it's not going to rhyme, but um, well, it we goes, can uh, imagine it. Yeah, a dystrophic walked along. A dystrophic is is somebody that's dying of starvation. A dystrophic walked along with a dull look. In a basket, he carried a corpse's ass. I'm having human flesh for lunch. This place will do. Ah, uh, hungry sorrow. And for supper, clearly, I'll eat a little baby. I'll take the neighbors, steal them out of the cradle. So that's, Excellent. I mean, maybe that's something you would rhyme to your children as you put them to bed. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't seem like a pleasant way to, uh, you know, pleasant way to encourage your child to get some good sleep. But um, that was, that was something that was going around at the time. They say there wasn't a lot of, st- of cannibalism going on. Um, but the truth of the matter is, people weren't eating human flesh, like out on the street, out in the open, you know, people oh, no, would you die do that in private. Yeah. You do. Okay. People would die of starvation. And then, you know, 
secretly people would be eating their flesh, you know, in their, in their own house. That's one of the, Right. I feel like that's one of the things you don't like talk about at parties. Yeah, hey, you don't you know, discuss we ate that. Our yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's so we were just having this discussion at work the other day about, you know, they were like, oh, well, you know, everybody who got stimulus checks, they just paid off debt and made sure they were financially secure and could get ahead. And we're like, why do you think that? And they were like, oh, because the census says so. It, they called around to people's houses. And that's what when they asked, Oh, hey, are you a piece of shit or did you like pay off debt? You know, you went and mm-hmm. spent it on hookers and blow or people are like, oh, no, no, I paid off debt. Yeah, I'm good. And yeah. it's kind of the same thing. Like, hey, didn't you have a baby? Did you eat your baby? No, 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 <laughs> nope. nope. I sent him. I sent the baby to stay with my cousin because they're rich and they have lots of food. Everything's OK. You're mm-hmm. not like, hey, we're just eating the baby. Um. Russia is actually no, uh, no, uh, what I was going to say here, not new to uh, starvation. Um, they've kind of been pushing that one for a long time. Has something to do with that cold climate, I think. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, like in 33 with the imposed famine they had in the Ukraine, I mean, right. that was brutal. Um, and that that's, you know, just a little bit earlier. So, you know, this is nothing new. Uh, cannibalism was so prevalent that the state had set up an an anti-cannibalism squad and hundreds of people were accused of eating their neighbors or in some cases, family members. So, I mean, it's like they say it's a grisly era, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's pretty rough where, you know, that's the norm. Uh, They said the farmers, rather than growing, it, it was ridiculous. They had them growing food and then they would have to produce. They could keep like almost nothing for themselves and they had to turn it over to the government. And, you know, they would give them just enough to kind of little sustenance to keep going. But it was like ridiculously disproportionate. Mm-hmm. And uh, the farmers were actually killing themselves in droves because they were like, we're tired of feeding this, you know, evil government and right. we have nothing. You know, it's a, a desperation existence. And, you know, you hear a lot of stories of that in, uh, you know, Korea, in North Korea. I know, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they would like to paint a different story and show you their bountiful uh, grocery stores. But, uh, you know, a lot of times the government management of of services can really uh, lead to that, to, you know, starvation and that kind of thing. Um, You know, these choices that our government makes really does affect us. You know, some great place like Venezuela. I mean, they can grow all kinds of good shit in Venezuela. They have tons of oil. They have all kinds of resources, yet they experience mass starvation. You know, um, it can really, you know, how your government handles shit, you know, it does matter. Uh, It can really have long-term effects. Um, Any other uh, places you got that are kind of scary? Yeah, well, right now, there's a, yeah, I mean, if, 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 um, you know, if people are questioning about what's going on right now, it's, it's actually Uh happening right now in Syria right Uh now, you know, Syria has been having a civil war for the past 20 years. It started in uh, 2011, sorry, past 10 years, started in 2011, but it's still happening. And that was, that's basically their, their tactic. You know, that they will, you know, 
put a city under siege. Um, you know, they'll bomb their, they'll target journalists and, and medical personnel. They'll bomb any kind of warehouses they can find any hospitals, schools, destroy them. That way, you know, that way they're cutting off everybody from any kind of supplies that they had stored up ahead of time. And, uh, so far, so far about 60,000 people have been killed in, in Syria, like with these same tactics, uh, over hundreds of thousands of people are refugees, homeless, you know what I mean? Different countries leaving, um, you know, and, and there's, there's accusations of using sarin gas, chlorine gas, mustard gas on, on their own citizens. It's, you know, it's pretty fucked up, honestly. Um, you know, and, and chlorine gas is not a way you want to die but it's probably better than starving to death. And that's how most of those people are being killed out there. So yeah, I'm not sure that's really better, but they, they both sound pretty ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, chlorine gas, sarin gas, what it does is it blisters your lungs. And so your lungs fill up right. with fluid. You can't breathe. Right. And you You're suffocate choking on snot and spit. And yeah, no, it's, right. it's a nice way to go. Yeah, it's not pleasant, but, you know, starving to death probably is not, you know, not a fucking ride in the park either. At least uh, at least no. when you die from from poison gas usually kills you within a minute or two. But uh, that starvation can drag that out for for a month and a half, you know. So, I mean, that's All that's right. definitely something that's going on right now. You know, when you think about starvation and, you know, oh, it's not going to happen to me. You know, I have a grocery store. I, you know, I have some some food in my cabinets. I could probably go a week with without, you know, without going to the grocery store. But, um, you know, a lot of the times it's not they weren't planning on having starvation imposed on them. You know, they weren't now, planning for this sort of stuff. This is just happening to them. Now, what happens like so? You always hear, uh, all right, so imagine, right, shit hits the fan kind of world. Um, we'll say our infrastructure collapses. People are kind of isolated. Resources aren't being delivered. Goods aren't, aren't you know, the, the on-demand grocery store setup isn't maybe the best situation that we could have had. And food shows up, but very rarely. People are desperate. They're coming out of the cities. They're traveling. So say we have family members, they're coming to see us and, and they've been basically on a starvation diet for, uh, for the last, uh, you know, maybe 10 days and they're coming and they show up and they can barely walk and they haven't eaten anything in three or four days or five days. How do you come out of that? Are there any, uh, tricks that, you know, we're supposed to, uh, you know, do here to recover? Like, do you just like, hey, let me make you a ham sandwich. We're ready to go because, you know, here, here, I got some extra lunch meat in the fridge. What, right. what do we do? How, I mean, how that's are we definitely something to, yeah, that's definitely something to, to uh, keep in mind for this sort of situation. A lot of the, um, you know, when the British and, and U.S. forces started coming across the concentration camps uh, and finding, you know, finding people that were, you know, basically walking skeletons, you know, we've right, seen, yeah. we've all seen the pictures of these, yeah, you know, those these Nazi, uh, Nazi concentration camp pictures and, oh, it's rough. Yeah. And it, you know, uh, a lot of those people actually died after the allies found them because they fed them, you know, obviously any like decent person would say, here, take all the fucking food, eat, you know, start eating right. here. I've got this, eat this. And, uh, you know, 
what what will happen is, up. yeah, what will happen is uh, it'll just destroy their digestive system. They'll end up having heart attacks. Um, you can't just go, you know, right from starvation mode to eating a eating a steak. Um, you have to you have to gradually reintroduce things. One of the things that they say that the best thing to to feed somebody that's coming out of a starvation situation is boiled vegetables. Um, they can't yes. digest raw vegetables. They can't digest most foods. So you have to have like you know really basic stuff that are that are going to have nutrients and a small amount of calories and it's easily digestible. So yeah, they actually start I hear like start people on like broth. Like they say like bone right. broth or chicken broth. You know, you throw your bouillon cube in uh in something there or whatever. You know, I mean it's really the salt and the couple calories and and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff and easing into it slowly. Now this is actually over like a couple days, right? It's not Right. right. A, a couple of days and you're going to want to go uh lactose free. Uh, pro low protein, low sugar. So you basically want to go, you know, with, with a small amount of calories, um, vegetables, which are somewhat nutrient dense, but, but not, you know, not something that's going to be difficult to digest because that, that can end up killing somebody. Wow. So it's definitely a tricky thing, you know, And, and especially, you know, at that time period where, you know, healthy soldiers were coming across these people they had food and they had, you know, and they, they did their best to, to feed them. But the truth is, even though it seemed cruel, the best thing to do is to not start just giving them all the food that, you know, not let them eat as right. much as they can eat because that'll end up killing them. It'll cause a heart attack and it'll cause kidney failure. So, you know, it's definitely something that's, it's a precarious situation. You know, when somebody's that far gone, it's, it's a delicate procedure to, to, to help bring them back to a healthy you know, healthy uh, state. Gotcha. No, I like it. I like uh, having the little resources there because that's something people don't consider. You know, when you read the books, you kind of hear about that kind of thing. Oh, well, just give them broth and kind of ease them into it and, you know, start building up something. And you don't realize like how dramatic that is and how devastating it can be to the body. Now, like you were starting to touch on these, uh, you know, famines and that kind of thing can, you know, seem to be, you know, happening in the world today. You know, we just don't hear about it as much. And I was actually, when I was doing my research for this, I came across on uh, the unnews.org, right? So it's news.un.org it has, uh, mm-hmm. says Madagascar which, and this is only uh, three days ago this article came out, severe drought could spur the world's first climate change famine. Now, what's weird is when I did my research, it said that a famine was something that a unique circumstance that happens that comes in and changes things over time to dramatically cut down on food and, and supplies. And I feel like, the first climate change famine wouldn't famine almost always be caused by climate change unless of course the militaries or like we had just talked about with the isolation Mm -hmm. i feel like it's kind of you know it's always caused by climate change i think they maybe meant man-made climate change but i i don't know i don't know where they're going 
Yeah. Well, I feel like the climate's been changing for, for centuries and centuries, and that's what causes 90% of, or probably all of the famines, you know, aside of, right. like we had talked about, military imposed. But, you know, famines have been happening throughout history. I mean, you can read about them in the Bible. You can read about them in ancient, you know, ancient texts. You know, there's sometimes that the water, the rain doesn't show up. The crops don't grow, you know, or it rains too fucking much and all the crops rot in the field. Um, but there's there's definitely uh, definitely a lot of situations historically that we can look back at and kind of take stock of, of what happened, what caused it and do our best to, to prepare for something like that. You know, in a modern society, you know, it's it's great. We can get you know, we can have potatoes and and apricots and oranges and bananas chipped in from all over the world to to places that might be having a small, small famine. But it's the distribution system that that's the weak point there. You know, we have enough food for everybody, but we don't have a way to get everybody the food, especially when there's uh, some sort of a infrastructure damage uh, or some sort of a you know, massive electrical power, power failure. Um, you know, even something as, as bad as a, you know, as, as simple as a, a, a blizzard, you know, can shut down roads and shut down access for several days. And, you know, that's fine. You know, three days you can go without food. Can your kid go three days without food? Are you prepared right. for that sort of stuff? You know what I mean? You know, it, it's fine. I'm whatever. I'm fat. I weigh 300 pounds. I can go without. Well, your little I'm fucking six-year-old is going to have a lot more difficulty uh, going going for days without food than you are. Uh, you can't just cut a chunk of your, your fat ass off for him. I mean, I suppose you can. No, that's not but, how it works. Well, we yeah, did read you can put it in a basket. That's right. Put the ass in a basket. Um, ass in a basket. No, but it's really something that to to take stock of and and be conscientious of. Um, like Chuck was saying, you know, food storage can be expensive. Uh, it can be it expensive is. to get you know six month of, months worth of food, but it also it's also something that you can spread out. You know, when you go to the grocery store, you can buy extra food. You can buy the stuff that is going to sit on the shelf and last for a long time. And you know, and we've done shows about to- that. Right. Right. We've done shows it about that. It doesn't have to be the expensive, it. right. The expensive long-term, you know, from these companies, there are ways to stockpile and keep a rotation. You know, we've mentioned it in, in a bunch of episodes. We've talked about how to do it. You know, if you've been listening for a while, you know the tricks, but the bottom line, you know, you can have a little bit of a supply that you're rotating through and, you know, be on top of this without stretching your budget too far. You know, $100 added to your rotation, you know, one time can actually, you know, really stretch things out. And honestly, you know, as we keep talking about, it's going to help out with inflation and that kind of stuff right now. You know, the way the world's changing, being ahead of the game a little bit. It also helps you when shortages come through, you know, the occasional, oh, there's no paper products whatsoever, or, you know, oh, there's no... You know, I don't know. We had a lot of weird things. Sometimes you have like, there's no coffee or, you know, different things will, you know, come in and and catch you off guard. Uh, I know there was a big hop shortage a couple of years back and it limited, uh, you know, the beer production. So, I mean, those are terrifying times. 
And, right. you know, right. something like that, you know. Nobody we, should we have call to it suffer American like problems. Kevin, and right. you don't even know, a couple of years ago, I read an article. You're not going to believe right here in America, we have food deserts. Deserts. Ooh. Yes, I've heard about these. Now, now, it turns out they still have access to food in a food desert. Like mm-hmm. the name would suggest otherwise. But they don't have access to nutritious food. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they have access to it, but they would have to like go to the store, maybe across town though, as opposed to on their block. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, their times can be hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, the truth is, um, you know, it used to be, no. it used to be the fatter people were the rich people. Um, yeah. That's not necessarily the case in the United States. No, though. no. Uh, you know, it's, it's very easy to get, inexpensive food that doesn't have much nutritional value. A lot of people don't think about this, but the truth is when you eat something that doesn't have a lot of nutritional value, you get hungry quicker again because the the shitty food that you ate isn't providing the nutrients that your body is is requiring and needs. So you eat more and more just to to keep a healthy, uh, healthy levels of, of vitamin levels and you end up, you know, consuming 90% of that shit is sugar. You know, you get no. fucking French fries from, from McDonald's. They're not made out of potatoes, dude. That's, that's, you know, there is some potato in there, but it's not fucking potatoes. It's sugar and grease is what's in those fucking French fries. They extrude like that shit. They awesome. fucking mix it up. They taste delicious, but delicious. there's no nutritional value in those French fries. You know, not, they used to be, I mean, they used to be good. And that's actually, they used to cook it. They, they said uh, in beef fat. Was why uh, mm-hmm. McDonald's French fries were were the awesomest, uh, you know, back in the day. And then now yeah. they try and simulate it by cooking it in vegetable oil and adding like beef broth or some crap to it. I don't know, but now I'm not trying to make light of of hunger and uh, you know starvation. And you know, I know there are poor in America and people really struggling and people who uh, you know do a lot. It's just compared to other countries and and the strife that you see in the world and you see how much people are going through it's amazing that we have so much excess and yet we you know the way we act you know america throws out so much good stuff and i guess that's what's frustrating is you know our standards you know we donate to the food shelters here i guess this is what gives me the bitter taste in my mouth of it all where if you donate to a shelter they're like oh well, you know, that doesn't meet ideal nutritional standards. We're going to throw that all out. You know, we only want healthy food right. for the poor and homeless. And that's great. And I'm down for, but you know what? If you don't have anything to give them, then I'd rather see them get a little less desirable, a little less nutritious. I'm not saying don't help people out. I'm saying, you know, hey, let's be realistic and reasonable with what we do. You know, it's like building codes. It's like, well, if you don't build your house exactly perfect, then you can't change anything or do anything. It's got to be done exactly so. Whereas minor steps could improve quality of life for people so much, but we have government in, you know, infringement that ends up limiting what people do. So I'm just saying that that's where I get that sour attitude. I'm not trying to make light of, you know, there are kids going hungry and I think that is a realistic thing and it it does happen. I just think that 
government solutions are not always the same, you know, picture that they paint. That's all. Are you saying that, that the government isn't always the most competent uh, organization to help people out? That doesn't even make sense. I give them so much money from taxes. How can they not be spending that money wisely? You would think being robbed with inflation right now. I don't know. Hey, well, so like I said, if you enjoy this podcast, uh, you could support us by uh, going to uh, patreon.com slam prepping badass. And we might even send you a cool patch. Although I think there are one or two people out there that I owe patches to. So I got to get off my ass again. Again, we're kind of slow on that. So kind of expect that if, uh, cause I don't live near a post office. I don't know what to tell you. You people are so demanding. Um, However, anyway, I will say if you uh, can't support us financially, you can send us all your unhealthy food that the, uh, that the food bank won't we'll take. Eat it, that I the like government doesn't bar. approve. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Oh man, dude! I was at Sam's Club. Spam is freaking like twenty nine dollars for like six cans or so. It was ridiculous. So I was like, Holy I don't crap. understand how spam it's is not so fucking the survival expensive. food of of the future. You know, the other day i I had mentioned something about spam about how I think spam is is disgusting. I got bombarded, bombarded with, with recipes, recipes on how to cook with how to cook spam. There's spam sushi and fucking spam. I got every goddamn recipe I can imagine for spam. I'm still not going to eat it. I'm still not going to do it, especially with the cost of it. I was checking it out the other day and thinking the same thing. Yeah. Like it's so yeah, it's expensive and it's not good. Yeah. It's can be. You could buy man. the equivalent weight of steak and it's the same price and it tastes a lot yeah. better. You know, a, a steak isn't going to last on your shelf for a long time, but you know That's what true. I mean. Yep. I wonder, do they sell sell ham in a can? Is that a thing? Oh yeah. We can get? Yep. Mm-hmm. You can get, even get chicken in a can, like a whole chicken in a can. Really? It's disgusting looking. Yeah, I've I've, I've opened one up and and decided not to eat it. Um, now, ham in a can. I don't know. Sh- I, I have some, but I haven't tried it yet. Okay. Maybe you want to uh, show your support by uh, getting some prepping badass gear. Maybe a T-shirt little prepping badass logo on there says don't give them a fucking inch on the back something cool like that um you know hey uh, i was thinking i might throw one up there with uh some thomas jefferson quotes you know some some good stuff things in the future coming maybe uh they'll be there by the time you uh hear this podcast anyway you can get that gear at preppingbadass.com Otherwise, uh, shoot us an email. Let us know what you're thinking, what you're concerned about. You know, tell Kevin he's ugly or something at preppingbadass at gmail.com. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network.
Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.